Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 216 of the Spoiler Alert Podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing the new action drama Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado? I don't know. I don't know what... (laughs) Dia de... Lo... Dia... I don't know. Sicario 2, starring Josh Brolin... And Benicio del Toro. Whoa, you got it right. I knew it. I knew. <laughs> I wanted to shock you. You thought I was going to go with Matthew Modine, <laughs> right, or Catherine right. Keener, or somebody. Yeah, no, yeah. no, they're also in this. Got uh, it. No, yeah. but I think it's important. This is a sequel to Sicario, but it's sort of a loose. Um, it's like Chapter Two. It's just another yeah. tale that has some similar characters. But not a, a direct sequel. I'm glad that you said that because I admitted. So I remember liking the first movie. I remember in, enjoying it. I it I had think, I think I, superstar Emily Blunt. Emily it. Blunt. I watched it on DVD, but I remember so little of it that I truly was watching this, thinking, "Is this a continuation of that story, or is it like a?" James Bond movie where it's just some similar people and similar thematically, I guess, in a way that that I I honestly could not recall. The the thing that I remember from the first movie was a night vision chase scene through some caves that was pretty intense. I remember Benicio Del Toro was in the original. I'm guessing that means he was playing the same character just later in his life in the sequel. But I didn't remember what his job was in the first one. I didn't. I don't remember what Emily Blunt was doing in the first one. I just remember thinking it was an exciting action film that seemed well written that I enjoyed watching three years ago. Well, we have the same uh, screenwriter, uh, the screenwriter of Wind River, and we have a different director. Uh, last time we had Denis Villeneuve, who went on to direct Blade mm. Runner twenty forty nine and The Arrival. Yeah. And we also had Roger Deakins from a cinematography standpoint in the original. So the original looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it sounds great. It looks great. Very gritty. Smells great. Smells terrific. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the second one is different in many ways. <laughs> and it also doesn't star Emily Blunt. Right. So so you're already a notch a notch down without Emily Blunt. Well, not make from your standpoint. Money. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you... <laughs> Why don't you kick us off with a, a tight plot recap? So, Sicario 2, Day of Soldado, is the story of the U.S. Department of Defense and the CIA attempting to start a war between Mexican drug cartels, uh, seemingly in retaliation for suicide bombings that have occurred in the United States that are believed to be the result of human trafficking of terrorists across the Mexican border. Matt Graver, played by Josh Brolin, and Alejandro Gillick, played by Benicio Del Toro, kidnap the teenage daughter named Isabella of one of the drug cartel heads. And in a triple twist double cross, they end up in an ambush eventually in a desolate part of Mexico. Gillick ends up bonding with Isabella and rescues her from the carnage. But in the meantime, the President of the United States has ordered the mission shut down and all evidence destroyed. Gillick goes rogue in an attempt to save himself and Isabella, and their attempt to enter the United States disguised as immigrants goes south. 
Gillick ends up shot in the head by, I don't know what you call the guy that's running immigrants across the board. Do you call him a mule or a coyote or something like that? Sure, let's go let's with go, that. Okay, one of those. And sure. they, they leave him, assuming he's dead, while Isabella is again abducted, this time by Mexicans for ransom. The Department of Defense finds the kidnappers, assassinates them all, and in a strange kind of turn, they take Isabella into witness protection instead of eliminating her as a witness of all of this as well. Gillick miraculously survives the shooting and comes back to take sweet revenge. And that's Sicario 2, which is apparently not the last Sicario. Well... Before we get into will there be another, what did you think of this Sicario? What did you think of the movie? I really enjoyed it. I, I I sort of feel like it's going to be like the original Sicario, a movie that I enjoyed and remember enjoying and remember telling people to go see without later being able to really tell them why I think they should go see it. But I thought that it was action-packed and, again, one of the summer movies I'd much rather sit down and watch over, you know, a fantasy type film i i liked the action i liked the gritty i enjoyed it how about you i would not advocate that people see this one i thought there was a lot going for it from a great cast to a talented screenwriter to some pretty decent action sequences and i thought all of it was really squandered and i think it's ultimately a hot mess Mm. you, you would consider this a hot mess i yeah, I'll go on the record and say right out of the gate before we get into what we liked and what we didn't like, or before we get into what we liked, I'll tell you what I didn't like, and it was the last five minutes I thought were redonkulous and almost made it a frustrating sit based on that alone. But if I look back at the prior two hours, I really enjoyed the characters, I really enjoyed the acting, uh, I like the introduction of this uh, new young actress. I thought she was really good. One of the early scenes that just had me hooked was Josh Brolin is interrogating a supposed terrorist. And um, it's really rough. It's a really gritty scene. And I thought that his acting in that scene was fantastic. So like from that moment on, I just thought, you know, this is a kind of action fluff film that I can get behind as my summer popcorn entertainment. And I really wanted to agree with you. And I really, I liked Josh Brolin in the, in this role. I like Benicio Del Toro in this role. I, I like that it is, it was set up to be a more serious action film where the violence has consequences. The actions of the bad guys have consequences. It's not nameless, faceless, megalomaniacal villains who are trying to take over the world with lasers. These are drug cartels who are trying to make money, and they found that they can actually make more money running humans across the border than cocaine. Um, So there was a lot to be interested in and concerned about. And I just felt like once that setup was all established, the movie did not know what to do with it. And every decision Mm. that every character makes makes zero sense. And I, I too, I wanted to like the young woman who played the daughter of the drug kingpin who get kid, gets kidnapped. But I wrote, I can't read her. Is she really stupid? Is she really smart? Is she wise beyond her years? Why? How would we know this? Why does she know the hitman played by Benicio Del Toro? She doesn't seem to live with her father. She lives in a 
sixty room mansion by herself, surrounded, I guess, by bodyguards. But I don't think she did know the character played by Manisha. She did when he's digging a hole in the desert and burying her guns. She says, "Oh, you're the lawyer. You're the one whose family my father killed." Also, the fact that she can identify the one guy whose family the cartel has killed. (laughs) We get the sense that the cartel has killed hundreds of families. That's the whole problem here. So it just felt like this was everything was such a screenwriting convention right down to the present getting cold feet after one shootout. It was like, oh, pull the plug, kill everybody. Really? We have to kill everybody? (laughs) And the whole – like I didn't understand. He's really doubling down on the mistake at this point. Yeah, Yeah. we can can go into what I didn't like. I just felt like I really went into this movie very excited. I was primed to enjoy it. And I felt like the first 15, 20 minutes were dark and interesting and scary, and I was ready to go, and then it just sort of went sideways. Mm-hmm. Right down to the subplot of the kid from Texas who becomes a Sicario at the end, that felt like such a crash subplot. Like when they actually <laughs> run into that kid in the parking lot at the mall, and well, like uh- – like the, like the, the happenstance that just sets up the whole last third of the movie was like eye-rollingly terrible. I jotted that down as well. I mean, I think a lot of the things that you said there, the conversation about, oh, you're the lawyer whose family my dad killed or whatever, that's just sort of a, okay, it's a suspension of disbelief, standard action trope. But the one that I wrote that was a bridge too far is the fact that this this kid running the the immigrants across the border, uh, trafficking these humans, essentially, can look at Benicio Del Toro in costume from across a dark parking lot and recognize him from days or weeks earlier in a different parking lot when he stared at him for two minutes. It was, that one was eye-rollingly bad. Now, now I sort of felt like the suspension of disbelief has been ended i i can't do it anymore it, i felt the same and i felt like the whole like they kidnapped the girl to get the drug cartels fighting with one another that was the plot of the film that was the whole setup of the mission we never get a sense of whether that's having any impact we don't know if the cartels are fighting there's no sort of uh, we don't even know is anyone missing this girl apparently she's on tv in Mexico as being having been abducted, but that's about all we know. Right. I have no idea why they felt they should bring her back to the United States, then immediately pretend to find her, then bring her into their like little army base where she gets to see all their stuff. Then they just it's... drive her back to Mexico with the help of the Mexican government, who of course are to turn on them. And and then it's like, well, now we, she can't come home and she can't – like, why can't she just stay in Mexico? Weren't you returning her? It seemed like Why did we just return her a day later? An incredibly elaborate scheme that they pulled, like with the whole like, okay, now we're going to – we'll take her off, off her mask and let her go use the restroom and close the door and stage this, this coup at the house where the CIA breaks in. And I'm like, whoa, like – this is all just a big show you did for her. Like, you destroyed this house. You got the Texas police involved. You got the Mexican government involved. Also, that she feels like she was actually rescued by but, the United States instead of kidnapped by them. But she sees through it. And I'm like, why does a 16-year-old girl see through this? 
This because it's so dumb that even a sixteen-year-old girl sees through it, or or is she super smart? And even though it was a great plan, she saw through it because she's super wise. I couldn't yeah. figure it out. It was just yeah. bad. I just didn't get it. Anything that you liked about it? No. Did you like the moody, edgy, uh, industrial sort of score that sounded like Trent Reznor maybe had done it? The score was okay, but it wasn't as good as the score from the original Sicario. All right. I felt like this just was just very interesting characters, very interesting setup, some good action, but just the crash subplots, super confusing, dumb decisions by characters, the cheesy screenplay flip-flop of the government. Not only are we canceling the mission, we have to murder everybody involved, including the kid. <laughs> I mean, and then, you know, uh, Josh Brolin's character's decision that he'll just leave the girl alive and then he just mumbles witness protection. What? Does she want to go into witness protection? What is she a witness to? Her father's crimes? The guys who tried to kill her? She's going to testify against a bunch of corpses? It just made no I th- sense. I think that I think the the line he mumbled was "Screw them all, she's going into witness protection." And he took her, you know, kind of disobeying the direct order of the president and making his own executive decision and showing a little little bit of heart there at the end. I I get that he was making his own decision and disobeying an order, but the decision was so cockamamie, stupid. Yeah, and the dialogue so stilted. I just I almost laughed. Yeah. Out loud. I also really, what really bothered me is in the first film, part of Josh Brolin's character's plan is to bring Benicio del Toro into their team, who is a hitman, and his his plan is to basically let this hitman loose on the drug dealer who murdered his family. Right? That's that's who that the, was the plot is. of the first. That's the one? first one. Oh, okay. All right. Well, now in this one, it like now the plot is I'm going to bring this hitman in and I'm going to let him loose at the the family of the guy who who really killed his family. This is like the guy behind the guy. Well, he killed the guy in the last movie. And by the way, when he says, um, like, here's your chance to get even for your family, that line was said by Josh Brolin to Benicio Del Toro off camera. It almost felt like it was edited in later, like in ADR. Like they went back and were like, we should probably give him a reason. Why would he bring Benicio Del Toro back? Other than we didn't want to bring back Emily really Blunt. Hammer at home. <laughs> yeah. Just have him like mumble something from from off camera. That the whole his whole involvement hinges on this point, and it's just sort of mumbled as an aside. I just yeah, thought yeah, yeah. N- not well done. Ultimately, so so is Donald Trump not the actual U.S. president during this movie? Because there's a scene when Benicio del Toro and the girl are ready to get on the bus. And, you know, he gives her something and says, this is for in case when we get to the border, we get separated. Like, dude, if Trump's the president, you're going to be separated. That's what he does. That's how it works. Dude, let's just let's just check that. Is there anything you didn't like about the movie that you haven't discussed? I'm, no, I, I think I have I have enough other what's up with that were the kinds of things that, you know, based on a movie like this over the summer always kind of happen. But in general, I really liked it. I think. Maybe one, it's a what's up with or something that I didn't like is how this young boy who is taking the new job to get the the humans across the border goes from like a mule, a human trafficking mule, 
to an actual hitman in like 24 hours. Like what was the what was the the reason, the impetus for him needing to assassinate Gillick in that weird kind of quarry looking there's 12 trucks with 100 lights blaring down on them scene in the middle of the night like i don't think anybody needed to kill anybody for any reason and why it was him that needed to pull the trigger was an odd turn of events for me nothing about that character made sense what's up with that what's up with that What's up with Josh Brolin's giant calves? I didn't notice There's a them. sequence where the camera follows him and he's wearing Crocs as he walks across the floor in Somalia, walks across the ground. His calves are like hams, <laughs> like honeyed hams, just enormous. <laughs> wow. I'm going to have to, I, I'm going to rent it now just to look at that. You should uh, see it again. Wh- what's up with the relationship between his character and Catherine Keener? Was she in the previous movie and were they, are they supposed? supposed to have been like previously romantically involved they have a sort of sort of little banter argument about them that i can't tell if it's boss and subordinate or if perhaps they were once an item i don't believe she was in the first one i don't know what their relationship really was i don't think it was clearly defined i think that's just fantastic acting they built up such a backstory without a backstory yes it was subtleties yeah what's up with how dusty Matthew Modine looks. He, he does look dusty. He just yeah, looks dusty. <laughs> right. Like, like he hasn't just aged. He's just covered in dust. What the hell? What's up when Benicio? So, I mean, I, I guess one thing that I didn't like is how Benicio del Toro, who got shot through the head, survived that gunshot. Amazingly, a year later, he must have had the best plastic surgeon in the world because. He has like the slightest scar you've ever seen a year later. Right, right. But what's up when he's like flopping around on the desert floor trying to get free and like he pulls that thing off his head? Do you remember that Saturday Night Live character played by Dana Carvey, Massive Head Wound Harry? Like, <laughs> yes. like be at the party and like he'd set, he'd be lightheaded. So he'd like <laughs> lay his head on their like throw pillows and they get yes. upset. The dog's licking his gaping bloody wound. It was all. That's all I could think about. It was so gross. So that, gross. That's hilarious. I've not thought about Massive Edward Harry in a long time. That is great. Um, I, what's up with the the deaf character whom they meet up with? First of all, he's really confused that a hitman would know sign language. Mm, like, yeah. like he and the girl are, are like sort of like... Their whole world is thrown for a loop because a hitman knows, like, not just the fact that I just met a strange person who just wandered up and happened to know sign language. He's a hitman who knows sign language. But what's up with also this guy who seems a little out of it, who's living out in the middle of nowhere, whose house is like a hut. He instantly recognizes the girl who's just wandered up as the missing girl who's all over television. Right. right yeah. Is there a television in that house? Was it turned to the news? Is this guy sitting around watching the news all day? I didn't get a sense that's what was happening. I didn't either. I know. He he did seem kind of cut off from civilization out there. Like, I know you didn't read it in the newspaper that got delivered to your door this morning. Like, nobody's coming out here on their paper route. How's the closed captioning on that news service he's getting out there in the sticks? <laughs> right. Really good? 
I didn't uh, think so. Wh- what's up with that human trafficking mule and how a year later he went totally glam? Like when he shows up for his pay at the at the restaurant, he looks like like Brandon Flowers from The Killers or something like that. He's right. He's he's really taken an interesting turn to his like, look. Hasn't he's like he? Billy Corgan after like yeah. three or four Smashing Pumpkin albums. Yes, yes. He was he was interesting. The the opening of this movie, it, it's like a it is like a Trumpian fetish dream or something in the the movie immediately opens with a a title card saying that the border is controlled by cartels so first of all not like they they're always trying to like permeate the border they're always they control they own it they own it and that they are constantly running criminals across including (laughs) and in the first two minutes an islamic terrorist who sets off a suicide bomb it was like holy cow this is like the nightmare scenario. I mean, I feel like this is just a GOP um, campaign Public service announcement. Yeah. They're just going to take the first two minutes, and then it'll just be somebody saying, I approve this message. I was, I was waiting like, for oh that my title. gosh. I was waiting for that title card to like continue to elaborate, and they're not bringing over their good people. They're bringing over their rapists. Some of them are real nice. Hey, uh, <laughs> what's up with Benicio Del Toro's character burying his weapons? On that deaf guy's property. What's up with that? It seemed it seemed ill advised. Like you're probably going to want to hold on to most of those. But I guess that, what, what is he going to do? He had to ditch them. He didn't want them to be found and tracked. And I don't know. It it would have been something I'd have had a hard time doing while I'm trying to escape. Because he did bring one gun. Right. It it just made no sense. Much like All anything right. else. Mike, are you ready for five questions? Uh, sure. Let's do it. Great. Well, we've got listeners submitted questions. Thank you, listeners. Here come the questions for Sicario 2, Dave the Soldado. Question number one. What could superstar Emily Blunt have brought to this story? Probably not much. I honestly don't remember her character from the beginning, but I don't know where she would have fit into this story unless she was the young girl that they were kidnapping. She's probably too old for that role. (sighs) It would be funny if they tried that because she was an established character in the first movie. And if they just bring back the same actress to play a totally a different, different character, character. <laughs> just that would to be ballsy. everybody. That's, that's, a real, that's artistic liberty right there. I would love to be watching that movie with you as you're like, now, wait a minute. Wasn't she in the first one? And you're, <laughs> you're trying to piece it together. You're like, well, yeah, yeah, I think I remember when she plays the drug kingpin's daughter. No, wait, I thought she was like an FBI agent. No, I don't this, remember. Like, I would love like to a, just listen to like you try totally... and work it out. A totally plausible scenario that you just played That's out great. right there. Yeah. Question number two. This listener says, I don't speak Spanish. Does Soldado mean unnecessary sequel? <laughs> no. Do you know what it means? I don't. It means soldier. Oh, that's what it means? Yeah. All right. All right. Sounds good. Question number three. Josh Brolin, Catherine Keener, Benicio Del Toro. Who's aging better? Josh Brolin. Oh. With his giant ham calves. He was jacked in this whole movie. He was in yeah. great shape from uh, Deadpool 2 when he was playing Cable. I, Catherine Keener makes a crack at him. Like, you should really invest in some sunscreen during the film or something like that. But of the three, I think he looked way the best. I really do think he was the best looking of the three. Question number four. 
In the Heineken commercials in which he stars, Benicio Del Toro is confused for Antonio Banderas. Do you think he would have been good in this movie? Ooh. I can't remember the last Antonio Banderas movie I saw. Probably Evita. Puss That's a in long boots? time ago. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. Uh, sure, maybe. Maybe he'd have been okay. I, I seem to like him as an actor. He was he played opposite Tom Hanks in Philadelphia, right? Did he? I think he did, and I liked him in that. Wow, yeah. that's a deep yeah. cut if, uh, yeah. if he was. Uh, that's a deep cut for you to bring that back. Uh, last question. When we first meet the character of Isabel Reyes, please remember, <laughs> listener submitted question. She's atop a young blonde schoolgirl. Oh, Isabel's pleated skirt sticks to her glistening, taut thighs as the two fertile beauties tussle and tear at each other's sheer blouses. Later, both girls, their chests still heaving, present before the headmaster to await their punishment. Uh, what do you think should be done about school bullying? <laughs> Can you repeat the question? No. <laughs> the question is, what should be done about school bullying? Which uh, should be eliminated. There's no place for it in schools. Great There's answer. There's no need for bullying. You're, you're anti-bullying. <laughs> I'm with you on this. Thanks, listeners. Great questions as always. <laughs> that was Mike, your, great. your final that thoughts awesome. on Sicario 2. Uh, I enjoyed it. You know, the, the way you described it, I think that we... I think that we averaged out pretty well to what the Rotten Tomatoes is. I looked it up before I went in. And I think both the critic score as well as the audience score as of that day, averaged out to 66%. And I feel like you would probably give it a 50, and I'd probably give it somewhere around a 75, 80. Wow, you've taken care of my final thoughts for me. What do we yeah. have coming up next, Mike? Uh, what? Do, uh, oh, oh, we've got a best picture from the best picture choosing machine, don't we? We do. This one, this one stars people. It is a Western and it's called Cimarron, Cimarron from 1931. Cimarron. That's that's going back there. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.